It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome back, everyone, to the Janice Dean Podcast. Today's guest is someone I've worked with for a very long time on Fox News Channel and our sister station, Fox Business. Cheryl Cassoni and I have very similar crazy morning schedules and have worked insane overnight hours for many years. So I feel a kindred spirit as we greet each other in the hallways and the elevators, sometimes with one eye open before we get in front of the camera. Cheryl has an amazing career trajectory with years of experience covering finance, business, and consumer news. She worked at the New York Stock Exchange and had her own business show in San Francisco. Cheryl also worked in the airline industry as a flight attendant early on in her career, which I find fascinating because at one point, I wanted to do that too. It just goes to show you that sometimes you don't know where life is going to take you, but it's important to hop on and enjoy the ride. Here is my friend Cheryl Cassoni on the Janice Dean podcast. Cheryl Cassoni, you made the Dean's list. I am so excited to be here. It is such an honor. I would like to thank my cat. Would... <laughs> uh, well, I've I've wanted to have you on for a while because you and I, you know, we've worked together for a long time. We have the same hours, uh, which is, you know, a lot of the podcasts I do, people don't kind of get what we have to do in the morning, like the crazy hours that we work and how we're sort of like uh, a bit of a zombie in the hair and makeup chair until the first report that we have at 5 a.m. on Fox and Friends first. <laughs> it's this strange existence and you and I kind of like cross paths and sort of acknowledge each other. It's like, you get it, I get it. Yeah. Uh, what do you do? I mean, I, the number one question for me is, what time do you get up every morning? Yeah, I get I get that's number one. And then number two is, well, when do you go to sleep? Yes, exactly. So I so I still live in the city. So I get up at three mm-hmm. and I'm here by four. I go to bed at 7 p.m. <laughs> and I've been doing this for eight years. You've been doing it a lot longer, but I've been doing it for eight years. And I 7 p.m., I am ready to go to sleep. Yeah, I I. And now on the weekends, the same thing. If I'm up till nine on Saturday night. You're a party animal. Wow. I am so cool. <laughs> and my social life is, you know, a little messed up. But um, I get a lot more done during the day. Mm-hmm. So I think there's trade-offs to it. You know? There is. And I feel like this is such a great place to work. I've said this many times. I wouldn't be here if I didn't really genuinely love the people I work with. And the hardest part of my job is just that alarm going off. Mm-hmm. You know, once I'm here, I feel like I love the job. I love the people I work with. And then, you know, coming home, when people are still sort of trickling into work is kind of an awesome thing too. So we can, you know, we can go shopping when the grocery stores aren't busy, that kind of thing. I can pick up my kids in the afternoon. Yeah, I was gonna say you have like you have a little more flexibility to get like life chores done mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, and, and same thing. I love morning television. Like I love doing Fox and Friends first with you and with Todd and Carly and and I like, you know, I'm, I'm on business, I do Fox and Friends. I mean, I I enjoy the work and I enjoy the people. That's the biggest thing. You have to really genuinely like who you work with. Yes. And I know we've all said this 
openly. We all like each other. Mm -hmm. We all get along so well. It's real. Mm -hmm. What you see on television is absolutely true. Um, You know, and uh, that makes a big difference because you want to come into work. You don't, you're you're excited to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I don't, you only have one alarm though. I've got three, Janice. Uh, Well, I've, (laughs) for some reason, I think I have one of those internal alarm clocks now where I automatically sometimes wake up 60 seconds before the alarm goes off. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, but you get used to it. And, you know, I've done these hours on and off most of my career. And I will tell you, there was a time where I was in a job that I absolutely did not enjoy. And the 3 a.m. was torture. So it really does make a difference when you love the people you work with. Um, so how did you get to Fox? Oh, this is a story. Oh, boy. How long is your podcast? <laughs> Give it to me. We got all morning. So as you know, and I've done many segments on this on Fox and Friends, um, I when I, I studied broadcasting, I studied journalism, loved it, knew I wanted to do it, but I wanted to travel. So I was a flight attendant in my 20s. I love this story because you know what? <laughs> I wanted to do that when I was a kid. I remember in high school where they used to have career days and you know, you used to like check the boxes of all that you're good at. And I checked the boxes that I thought would lead me towards flight attendant. <laughs> so I went into the classroom where the flight attendant was there. She told us what the job was. And I just thought it was like so glamorous. Yeah. And, and when you're young and you've never been anywhere, right? it is. I yeah. mean, I went, I went all over the place. I went all over the world. I went to Africa. I went all over Europe. I went all over the United States. And I think, you know, Nepal, Bangkok, New Zealand, I mean, I, you know, all over the place. And how long were your layovers? Were you able to enjoy some? So I flew domestically for Southwest Airlines, which I loved. I worked for Herb Kelleher, one of the greatest CEOs in history. That man was such an amazing leader. And I learned a lot from him. And actually, because the company was still small enough when I was there, I actually got to interact with him Mm -hmm. and to really see who he was. And he believed in culture, which is one of the things I love about Fox, because I've been here now, it's going to be 17 years in November. And it's culture really matters, I think, when you go to work to a job. So yeah. anyway, I flew for Southwest, but we would get non-rev passes. And like one year for the at the Christmas party, I won a couple of tickets to New Zealand. Like, <gasps> you know, you just, and so you would just get on planes. And oh. so I would work a lot. I'd work two or three months straight and just pick up some extra trips. Then I'd take a month off and I would go backpack in Europe or Australia or whatever I was doing. Oh. So I did that for about six years. And then I finally did my internship. Um, I was based in San Francisco. I did my internship at KPIX Channel 5 there. Okay. And I flew weekends to pay my bills. And then I interned during the weeks. I worked seven days a week. Yes. uh, For six months to get that internship completed. But I got a job offer out of it. And I was producing. I started out as a producer on a travel show called Travel Update, which was syndicated Strangely enough, it was a production company on all the ABC affiliates. And then I, f- I just kept begging to be on. I'm like, can I just do, like, can I voice something? Can I just, just a stand up? Just, yeah. you know, I, I'll make it, I'll make the background in San Francisco look like Cuba. I can do that, you know? Yes. And they finally relented and <laughs> let me on air. Good for you. And that, that was my first on air gag. And then I did local news. I went into local news for a while. I did business reporting, had a business show at Channel 4 in San Francisco. How did you Crime. dive into business? So I, it goes back to being a flight attendant. So I, when I was 22, I had an uncle that passed away, a great uncle. And he left me a little sum of money. Okay. And my 
stepdad at the time said, don't, you're going to want to buy a car and blah, you know, whatever. He goes, invested in the stock market. Well, I didn't know anything about that. I had studied communications in college. I was 22. Yeah. So what I was doing is I was flying. I would do like the beverage service, the orange juice and the coffees and stuff in the mornings, whatever, when I would sit down once that was over in the back of the plane and I would read Morningstar, Wall Street Journal, Market Watch. I would read all the different business, you know, to learn about the market. Yeah. Um, and then, then the, the fun part was a lot of the pilots were really into stocks because once you take off and you're in flight, it's boring. I mean, <laughs> you're just sitting there. The pilots are just sitting there. It's really gets, they're, they're bored. So unless there's turbulence, that's a little excitement. Okay. Otherwise you're bored. Right. So, and then, then you land and there's something to do. But so I would go up during the flight and we would talk stocks. So I actually had this, you know, it was just a big learning experience for me. So anyway, I started investing myself at 22. I put my money into the market. So when, when this, the travel show I was on, they wanted to do a business show. And I said, well, I, I know business. Wow. So I've been doing, I've been in the stock market since I was 22. At this point, I think I was 27. What did you invest in? A lot of mutual funds, which at the time in the 90s, that was under Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. And this was the stock market bubble. So I thought I was an investing genius. I was like, I'm brilliant. Oh my gosh, look at me. Yeah. I'm just making so much money. <laughs> and then the bubble hit. Ah. My genius was a little dialed back because I lost about half my portfolio when I was like 27 oh. <laughs> because, because the stock market, you know, the, the bubble burst, you yeah. know, the internet bubble, pets.com, all that okay. blew up. So anyway, so then, yeah, so I just, I was doing the business show and but then I went to local, I started doing local news, had a business show there and, and then I really wanted to be in New York. Hmm. And so how did that go? Oh, well, it was hard. It took me a couple of years. Yeah. I, I probably flew out here three or four times for interviews that didn't. I interviewed at CBS. I interviewed at Bloomberg. I tried. Well, I did finally work at Bloomberg. But, you know, I, I just was ABC. You know, I ended up as an overnight anchor at MSNBC. So going back to the schedule. Okay. My first job in New York in 2004 was overnight anchor weekends. And then some weekdays for MSNBC. So I worked from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And I knew nobody in New York. I had no friends here. I had no connections. <laughs> I get it. I, I did was the, the same thing. Person. <laughs> no, I moved to New York and I didn't know a soul either, yeah. you know, for a job that I thought I was going to love. Uh, and I didn't, but I worked hard at it. And in the meantime, I was trying to make connections to go elsewhere. But you really have to dedicate yourself especially in this business, you can't just leave it up to chance. You have to make your own luck, I find. Yeah, right. absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way to survive in this industry. Yeah, and it's, and it's like you did too, is just be a hard worker. You're just a hard worker in general. And, you know, you're also somebody that is very friendly and you make connections along the way. And I think that if you're a good person and you're a friendly person, you're always going to see that come back to you because I think every job I've ever had, was not through a job application or a resume. It was somebody referring me for the job mm -hmm. for the people that I met along yeah. the way. Well, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, MSNBC was not a good job. I was not happy there. It mm -hmm. did not go well mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for a multitude of reasons. I was only there a year and then I freelanced for about a year. So I was freelancing for CNN and then Fox, uh, someone here that we used to work with, uh, I'd met him socially, but then he saw me working at the New York Stock Exchange and called my agent and said, you know, we're starting a business network. Ah. <laughs> and would you like to meet Roger Ailes? I was like, well, yes, I would. <laughs> okay, well, come on in. Yep. So I interviewed with Neil Cavuto, mm. Roger, yeah. And um, 
and Alexis, who was still here at the time. Uh, and we started a business network. So I came here in November of 06. You came in the beginning of Fox Business. Well, actually, I launched Fox Business. Ah. I, I, I came here in November of 06. We launched October of 07, the business network. Mm -hmm. But I came here because we they we needed they needed to start hiring. Yes. Dagan was already here. Yep. So And what's that like starting with a startup company? Oh, it's it's exhilarating. Yes. It's exhausting. It's stressful, but it's it's really fun cuz you're in this like crazy creative mode where it's like we're just going to throw things at the wall. They stick great. If they don't, we'll change course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people always ask me what it was like to, that first day and I'm like, we just wanted the the feed to go out. Right. With very small ambitions, you know, on day one of Fox <laughs> yeah. Business. Just have the lights on. The, are the lights going to work? Are the cameras turned on? Is everybody sitting where they're supposed to sit? It was yeah. a very weird feeling. You know, it was a marathon, not a sprint, and we knew that at the mm -hmm. time. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. And nowadays, will you get a story? When do you get your stories to work on for Fox and Friends first? Because you talk about all sorts of different topics for that program. Yeah. Uh, I get them in the morning. You I do? Mean, yeah. Well, I wake up as you're at, coming in. Yeah. When I wake up at three, I literally my alarms, triple alarms go off and I pick up my phone and I start reading. Yeah. And that's the first thing I do is I look at the email for Fox and Friends first. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing is, I mean, the, the key, as you know, to this industry is to be read in all the time. I'm always reading things all the time. Yeah. All day, night. It's, I, I'm reading. I'm watching it. I'm listening to it. Um you know, podcast. I mean, I, I get my information from all different kinds of places. Yes. I think you have to be very well-rounded. Mm -hmm. So if there's something, and, and most business topics, I can pretty much just, com, you know, comment on at this point. Um, so, and then some I have to kind of dig into a little bit deeper, but um, it's, it's, it's keeps it interesting. They say you got to keep your mind going. Of so. course. And the news cycle right now is, seems crazier than normal. I mean, mm. just the, the presidential election coming up again, um, all of this AI stuff, the recession that they're talking about. I mean, the fact that, you know, we're trying to get the economy back up from a once in a lifetime pandemic. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest uh, worry or concern of Americans today? It's always going to end up being the economy. It's mm. always a wallet issue. I've seen that every cycle that we've every presidential cycle, every midterm cycle, yes. it comes down to the economy. How do they feel? And if people are struggling and they're not making enough money to feed their kids, you know, if when you know that so many Americans, which is true, middle-class Americans are going to Walmart for all their groceries, what does that tell you? And that's what's happening right now. So mm. this this time is no different than any other election I've seen, which is it's going to be wallet issues. Is it worse than what we're reading? No, I think I think what's the coverage that's out there is pretty correct. Okay. Actually, I think things are better than what you're reading. Interesting. Why? There's, there's some really interesting data points um, in housing in particular, like new home sales, existing home sales. People are going out. They're buying houses. Still. They're building houses, yes. Okay. You know, there's a little bit of a, and prices really haven't fallen. One piece of that is that a lot of folks are sitting in homes where they've got a three and a half percent mortgage. Mm. And they're like, well, why am I going to sell this and go buy something else it's for seven percent? I'm not doing that. So they're yeah. kind of just sitting tight. 
Um, and the job market is, we really haven't seen that fall off the cliff job market we thought we were going to get. Okay. So are we going to have a recession? Even if we technically did, which I'm at this point I don't think is very likely, hmm. you wouldn't even feel it. Wow. So I think that things are a little bit better than people are, are willing to talk about. Inflation, though, is a problem. Okay. Um, still. And I think that that's, so it's food inflation. That's why I bring up like Walmart and, you know, when you have Costco and Target. The other big issue I think that we see on the business side, which is on the news side as well as crime. Yes. Retail theft. Yes. That is a huge story. I can't believe that you go into a CVS and everything is locked up. It's very frustrating, Mm -hmm. but there's a reason behind that. Yeah. Well, we live in New York State, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of reasons why our lives are very different living here than they are in, say, like Texas or Arizona. Um, No, retail crime and retail theft has become a huge bottom line problem for uh, Dwayne Reed, Walgreens, uh, same company, uh, Macy's. I mean, you just the list goes on and on. Yeah. Um, And so that's where I think you're going to see another kind of of, a vote that's going to count either for you or against you, is your position on crime. Mm -hmm. What about saving for the future? I think I'm concerned about that. I'm I'm in my 50s now. I still have to pay for college for my kids or at least help them with that. And then you look at, you know, retirement. How much money should we save and put away and should be we be worried about this kind of thing? Well, I think the the number is different for everybody because it depends on where you want to retire and also how you want to retire. Are you going to be happy? Are you going to want to stay in the house that you have? Is that house paid off? If it is, then you just need to worry about living expenses. Yes. You know, when we're 65, we'll get, you know, we'll get some Medicare, get that supplemental, you know, (laughs) program. Yes. Get that that supplemental policy going. I fully believe in that. But I think it depends. It's the how and the where you want to retire. Um, That's why Florida was always so attractive for retirees. I feel bad for all these retirees now that are in Florida because now that everybody else has moved down there. Uh Uh-huh. They're getting pushed out and priced out. Yes. And, which is a, a really unfortunate. What's the next place that people want to go to retire? Look, yeah, like Alabama, the Carolinas are getting really popular. Uh, Tennessee is really mm-hmm. popular right now. So what, that's what I think that, you know, that question is, at least on the east side of the, of the country, is it's it's where you want to go. And where it, and so that, that determines what dollar figure you're going to have. I mean, I always say if you have a 401k, max it out. Okay. If you're sitting on a pension, which is not rare, but... It is rare, but some of us still have one. Keep it. Yes. You know, don't let them buy it out. Don't let them buy out the pension. Yep. Do not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good advice. I remember what. Yeah. I mean, it does happen, and it's it's very attractive at the time because you're like, oh, I could pay off this, that, and the other thing. I could buy a car or whatever. It's but you have to look to the future and say, you know what? I'm really going to need this in 25 years. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's hard, right? Especially now when it, some people are like, I'm just going to live in the moment. I don't know what's going to happen 25 years from now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, I plan. So I'm a, obviously a planner and I'm planning for, you know, I, I think about where am I going to be? What, you know, what kind of, do I want a condo? Do I want a house? Do I, I don't have kids, so I don't have the college issue, but I still, you know, want to have a comfortable existence yeah. in my old, and you know and we're living longer. Yes. You know, another another really cool thing about covering business is covering a uh, healthcare. Yeah. It is amazing what these companies are developing. I mean from drugs to treat obesity, which we're talking about a lot, you know, the Ozempic revolution that we're seeing across the country mm-hmm. to what what they're doing with regards to the brain. 
mm. what they're doing with regards to heart disease, what they're, you know, I mean, breast cancer. Yes. I mean, it, there's just, so we're definitely, definitely living longer. And our kids are for sure going to be over 100. Like wow. I think your children will live to be over 100. So when you talk about retirement, you better tell them. You think you're going to retire at 65? I don't know. Probably guys. not. Yeah. I, you might want to plan for a little bit longer. Okay. Than can that. we talk about those diet drugs? Because oh yeah, I I just think a quick fix is never a fix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of I course. think this is I I see it happening. I see a lot of people all of a sudden dropping a lot of weight <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. There are a few of them that are in close proximity <laughs> to where I live and where I work. And I'm just like, how long does this work for? Because at some point you have to go off the drug, right? Not, that's, but if you're the drug company, you're going to say, well, do you have to? Doesn't that, listen, you are somebody that takes care of your health. You are also somebody that exercises. You, you know, you devote time to keeping your body fit. So how do you feel about all of a sudden these quick fixes that people can just, you know, here's my thousand dollars a month. Make me skinny immediately. Yeah. It doesn't bother me because... Because, you know, there's been, I've done so much research on it as well because, I, you know, like I know people that are on a Zepbag. I yes. I know two people that are on a Zepbag. And Do they have they, diabetes? No, but they, they don't. were very, they, they were very, very, they were obese. Okay. Very listen, big. For people who are obese, yeah. I agree. But it's yeah. just, it's the, it's the glamour drug. Do you oh, know what like I mean? Oh, like and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Like, let's just take, I just need to take off 15 pounds. Just, oh, yeah. Right? I agree. That's, that's a that's bad mentality. That's what bothers me. And that's a bad mentality because you're not changing your lifestyle. You're just, you know, quick doing fix. a shot, quick fix. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you're right. That I think that that's the wrong. If, I mean, if that's the way they want to live their life, I don't really judge them for that. Like, mm-hmm. you be you. Yeah. But I think it's the wrong choice because, you know, the, the, like going back to the obesity issue, why there's so much excitement about these drugs is because obesity is what leads to so many other diseases. Right. You know, heart disease, uh, you know, they've, they've made connections to the brain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's inflammation in the body leads to cancers. You know, all these things that they've that we've that they've learned. And so these I think what's exciting about that part of healthcare is that. For so much of America, helping to curb obesity would curb diseases, yes. which would make us healthier. We would live longer. There'd be less strain on the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. You know, everything has a side effect, right? Yeah. Um, our insurance premiums might go down. You know, I, I remember when I was when I first moved here from California, um, and, and I I kept my own health insurance from California because it was so affordable, okay. so cheap. Wow. And it was because at the time California was such a healthier state, wow. premiums were lower. Yes. So you, you know, so I think I look at all those those bigger factors, and I think that there is a lot of exci- I, I get again excitement about that. Kind of like on tech, everybody's excited about AI, and there's good and bad AI. Mm-hmm. Totally both sides. But with this, I think there is both sides. But you're right. I, I do think that if you're just going to go on it for like a month, drop a few pounds and get off of it, then what What was the point? Yeah. That doesn't do anything for your health No, I agree all. with you. If you it's want long term. Right. If it's going to solve real health issues, like you are diabetic or you are obese, it's just, it is like the designer drug right now mm-hmm. where, you know, you see these people, they didn't need, really need to lose that much weight. And it, it's like, you know, they're 
here's my thousand dollars to the doctor so mm-hmm. that they can take this drug. I don't know. It's just me. I feel like everything in life you should have to work for. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just come so easily. Mm-hmm. I think that's what bothers me. Let's talk about AI. You see the benefits to this as uh, I've talked about it as well in weather. We've been using AI in terms of meteorology for a long, I mean, a pretty good length of time uh, when it comes to forecasting. Um, And I think we see the headlines of, it's going to destroy the world. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and it's not. (laughs) It's going to help the world, but there's got to be guardrails on it. I'm calling it guardrails. Regulation. You know, I don't I don't I'm not too jazzed yet about Congress getting involved because they they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the I mean, there's so many things that they might understand. I think po- they know how to politic, but I do not think they understand technology. Mm-hmm. And so I think you need outside experts. I think you need outside people to come in, not even the companies, though, because they want to make money off of it. Right. Microsoft, Google and Elon Musk, they're all looking at AI and they're seeing dollar signs. Right. Yes. That's like they're like, wow, this. And so is Wall Street. But I think there's there are some concerns about it, especially the fakes, the deep fakes. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of concern about it because we're going to an election year. There's a lot of worries about AI right now and the election. So I think that we need to act quickly and we need to put guardrails in place. But it's got to be they need don't just clamp clamp it down and say and restrict it and stop development. You know, Microsoft, you can, you know, stop your developing of the AI uh, platform you've got or Google. You know, yeah. Google wants it already is using it for like better search. Mm-hmm. There's good and there's bad. Healthcare AI can be very positive. You know, like um an AI program can read a, a, a mammogram sometimes better than a human can. Wow. You're and then you have a human check it. Yes. You have an you have AI technology review the mammogram and then you have a a, a person's eyeballs, a doctor's eyeballs yeah. look it over. You see it both. That's you can detect there's there there that's that's already happening. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's just, but they've got to be careful about it. You yeah. Know? So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is as far as what the guardrails are going to be, but I do think they need to figure out pretty quick. Yeah. How they're going to just make sure that they're, and, there, and there's going to be some bad actors. There's going to be scams. Yeah. You know, there's going to be theft. I yeah. Mean, and is it going to kill jobs? Some. Right. What yeah. about all the yes. money that was lost during the pandemic? I mean, billions of dollars, Cheryl. The scams? Yes. Oh, I know. It's awful. I read that. And it's like, how did, how did they miss that? <laughs> how did they miss billions of dollars of scams during the pandemic? I know. That's very scary to me. Yeah. No, I, the, those PPI loans. Remember the P? The, what is that? That was all the that was all the government money that oh, was yes. given out to the to businesses, right? For the yeah. protective. We know equipment. that your employees are sitting at home in their houses, locked up. But here's how you, you take this money and you can pay them, and you likely don't have to pay that. Okay, you know this is how you know. Oh, people scammed that system so badly, billions lo- of dollars. Billions. Yeah, and then the other part, and this is where I get upset with government yes is especially again because i live in new york state uh, and i live in new york city but um all the wasted money that you know i mean new york state you know they, they what did we get like a 50 billion dollar check from the feds it was all covid money well now they're trying to claw that back because the states are just sitting there with billions of dollars and covid's i mean it's not over covid's still out there but the pandemic is over so yeah i know it's very frustrating we could bang our heads against the wall Every day, oh, yeah. if we allowed ourselves to. What do you do outside of work to forget about work? 
all these things that we've been talking about right now, what do you do to shut it off? I have a cat. His yeah. name is Milo. He's awesome. Um, no, I, uh, I love to travel. I love to you just, still do. Yeah, I still love to just get on a plane and go somewhere. And um, and I go back to Arizona now quite a bit to see my mom, which mm-hmm. is, you know, when I put my phone down, just be with her, focus on her. Yeah. Um, and then I do triathlons and marathons and half marathons and, you know, just races and stuff. That just keeps me, makes me happy. It's it's fun. I'm in a uh, triathlon club. You are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did Emp- you join that? I joined it last year, Empire Tri Club. Okay. And it's, they're all people like me, just regular old people. Stop. Just trying to, you know, act like we're super cool athletes, you know, <laughs> doing these races. But, yeah. you know, we're a bunch of nerds. It's fun. It's super fun. Have you always been athletic? Yeah. You have? Much, yeah. Yeah, because I I do it for two reasons. First, it's great stress release, gets me outside. Um, I love, you know, riding my bike, going swimming, things like that. Running. I really love running. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing to do. But also, I think that it goes back to the health issue. Like, I want to I want to live. I want to live a long, healthy life. I want to feel good. Like I've been I started working on my retirement when I was 22. Wow. When I got into the stock market. I've been thinking about my retirement since I was 22 years old. (laughs) <laughs> so so when you retire you're really going to retire that's it's big it's going to be big <laughs> <laughs> and what are you thinking are you thinking 65 or where are you thinking what what's your perfect no, age that's a good one i think legally 65 sure okay but what, i'm not sure what it would what i would do like i yeah. love what i do now so it has to be something that's going to make me happy mm-hmm. you could still travel i always think yeah, about traveling with my girlfriends like yeah. um, you know i want my husband there obviously too but i want to be able to travel to places that i've always wanted to see with you know my girlfriends and just enjoy that and be able to do that mm-hmm. that's my big sort of yeah. Dream. Especially when your kids go off to school. Because mm-hmm. then you've got some more time to kind of, or, you know, you just got to kind of take that, take that trip you want to take. Yeah. You know, like somewhere. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I think, I think it's, it's what you want to make of it again. I say it's like where you want to live, what you want your retirement to look like. I mean, I think I'll probably volunteer. Mm-hmm. I'll do something, you know, because I remember my grandmother, she was still reading the Wall Street Journal up until about almost the day she died. I mean, wow. she, yeah, she, was just she was always using her brain her mind you know I think you have to keep your mind engaged I agree I'm a big reader I you know I go through books at least a book probably every week or two and Mm. my mom I got that from my mom too she still reads and I think that is a huge key and I try to instill that in my kids because you know they're all on their iPads it bothers me you know even Mm -hmm. schools now they're getting rid of the textbooks their textbooks are on their devices and I think that is not is doing them a disservice well I'm a little worried about their eyes yeah that's That's what I'm concerned about yeah all that blue light that's hitting your Mm -hmm. eyes I'm not sure that that's Oh, of course it must be damaging. <laughs> that drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but listen, I mean, we can, again, we can bang our heads against the wall, but I always try to instill to them that reading is really so important for so many reasons. You know, it's, you talk about travel physically being able to do that, but reading can sort of like, you can travel somewhere through the book that you're reading as well. Mm-hmm. Stay right there. We'll have more of this story coming up. A person that influenced you that you think about when you think about your life and somebody that gave you good advice or somebody that, you know, helped you along the way. Who do you mm. think of? I would say my mom. Yeah. My my mother was very much, she was ahead of her time. She, well, she, she's still with me, but, you know, she, 
she always told me, she said, you know, Cheryl, when I was your age, I was 18 or 20, she'd say, I only had like three options. I could be a teacher, I could be a nurse, you know, I could be housewife, secretary, you know. Mm-hmm. She chose secretary. And she said, but you can do whatever you want. Hmm. And this is in the 70s. She was saying this to me She was when I was young. She said, you know, so make your, you know, make your life what you want it to be. Do whatever you want to do and know that you can do anything. You're going to college. <laughs> Just so you know, there's no debating. Right. You're going to college. Um, but. You know, she's like, and just if you move, if you move away far away from me, just live near an airport. Hmm. That's all I ask. But she never, she never said you have to get married, you have to get kids. She wasn't that mother. Yeah. Um, and she also encouraged me to be financially independent too, hmm. as did my grandmother. My grandmother was the one that was the the stock picker and the investor in our family. Wow. So I think those two women were kind of my yeah my guides. Yeah. And you do. I know you talk to me a lot about being able to go up back and visit your mom. That's important to you. Yeah. She's well, I mean, she's, you know, I'm, I'm, we're very close and she's, you know, it's just, I think that, um, yeah, we're, if you have your parents, if they're alive, be grateful for that because a lot of people don't have their parents anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, and my, my, my stepfather's alive. My father's not. And I think that I just am grateful for every day because it's not forever. Right. You know, so I think that's something I've, I really just learned in the last few months, to be honest with you. I mean, I've always been very close to her, but now I'm going more yes. as she's aging. Because okay. she's it's aging. important. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. It's you can't put it off because you don't, you just don't know. And you have to, I think, now that we're getting older too, and we realize that life is fleeting, you know, I try to make sure that we're seeing my mom or bringing her to New York and, you know, having time with her grandkids because that that's really important. Those are the important things. Mm-hmm. You know, I know our careers are important. They've always been there. But I think over time you start to realize the core values of life mm-hmm. like re- and appreciating what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being, I mean, I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my wonderful coworkers. I mean, I'm very blessed, very thankful for so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that the, the sun's out, mm. you know, and that we're free. And, you know, I, 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 and I find that I get more, I think more that way the older I get. Yes. You know, I've always felt lucky. I've worked hard for, you know, the things I've achieved. I've been working on that retirement account for a long darn time. So, you know, <laughs> stock market better hold on for me, please. But um, but yeah, I think that you do. That is one one nice thing about getting older is you really start to just, you really start to hone in on what's important, mm-hmm. you know, and nothing is forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're one of those special people that I'm really glad that I work with. And uh, let's do this again. Anytime. Maybe with cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Which for People on our schedule means 10 a.m. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Cheryl, for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. And you can see Cheryl, of course. I mean, Fox and Friends first. You fill in for Maria a lot, Maria's too. Maria. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I back up on the 3 p.m. and I've got American Dream Home. That's for, Oh, my Real gosh. Estate. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, How exciting is that? It's, it's so fun. Tell it's me a little so bit about fun. that before we go. So it's everything streaming on Fox Nation right now. So yep. you can watch all the episodes there. And you can watch them. I swear people watch them over and over. Of course it's so they do. Fun. 
and it, we 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 follow these couples as they look for their dream <gasps> homes, and all the all the homes they look at are great. And you know, there's not bad homes, and it's not we're not fixing up anything. But the show isn't about like the that the kitchen needs to be redone. The show is about them. It's wow. about their story, how they met, where they came from, and they all have these stories of how they built themselves, how they how they you know they live the American dream. Yes, that's why it's American Dream Home because the home that they're finally buying is the home, you know, wow. that they want to be in. Yeah, forever. Tell me about somebody that made an impact on one of the stories. Did somebody like kind of you just knew that this person was really special? There was. Well, you'll appreciate this. Um, this this woman was a nurse in Los Angeles during COVID, mm-hmm. and she was in the ER yeah. during COVID in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. She saw the darkest of the dark. Yeah, and she was divorced. Her kids were grown, and after she kind of got through that dark time and things. She said, I want to move to Hawaii. <gasps> and she did. Oh. And so we went with her. We followed her. Crew followed her. And her grown kids came with her. And she's only in her 50s. She's our right. age. God, she's our age. And she um, found this beautiful home. Oh, just gorgeous. Um, overlooking the ocean. Lots of space. Um, great neighbors. Just the cutest house. And she moved to Hawaii. And I, I guess it's just because maybe I want to move to Hawaii. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's where I'm going. But it just, I just really loved her, you know. And she just, um, I was happy for her, A, that she made it through that dark yes, time. Of course. But that she found that just this really cute place and just was just so happy. She just, the smile on her face just is the best part of that of show. Of course. How do, how do you find these people? Uh, well, you know, a lot of times through realtors. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of times you, you kind of look at the cities where, you know, you want to go, we're really the towns. Cause we okay. kind of go, we don't like mansion global does the big cities, right. the fancy mansions. We're going to Georgia, South yes. Carolina. These are Texas. American dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it Colorado. doesn't have to be a mansion. No, no. These are just like really beautiful homes. I mean, there's still a lot of times they're a few million, Yeah, but cause they are, it is the dream home, their final home. But, um, yeah, we yeah we just Montana was oh Montana, <laughs> God's country is officially is. Montana. Oh my God, <laughs> I was like, why did I not come here at, for twenty years ago? Right, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's I think that's the that's what I really enjoyed about it. You How know? often do you travel? Uh, I haven't traveled this year so so far, but um, about four or five trips a a year. Okay. You know, I don't go. I don't go on all the shoots. I just can't. There's okay. just no way. Right. Because right, I have right, to right. do like the five other jobs I do here. Because <laughs> yes. you know. Right. Because as you know, if you work for Fox, you have five jobs. Yes. You yes. Don't yes. Just have one. But that's good. That's what keeps us young, girlfriend. Well, look. Well, look at you. <laughs> look at you. You're it's everywhere. Nice. Good lighting. And I love the podcast. Oh, thank you. I enjoy doing it because <laughs> I get to sit and talk to people like yourself and not worry about the commercial break in two minutes. I know. <laughs> weird right (laughs) well i'll see you in the hallway at 4 a.m see you tomorrow (laughs) thanks cheryl thanks again cheryl for joining me on the janice dean podcast you can catch cheryl every morning on fox and friends first with myself carly shimkus and todd pyro she's also on mornings with maria 6 to 9 a.m on fox business network anchoring and reporting for many of our fox business and fox news shows and don't forget american dream home on fox nation where cheryl takes you behind the scenes on a journey to find someone's beautiful perfect forever home 
Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.